It is Unleashed with me, John Lund from KMBR Radio in San Francisco for Monday, December 19th, 2022. I think this is something new we're going to do. Cornucopia Sunday because there's so much going on. I did not jinx the Vikings game, no matter what you think. The Raiders, maybe the craziest ending since Cal Stanford in 82. World Cup shootouts, really? 49ers playoff standings after another week. And they got it off. That was nice. And one for the road. The greedy judge baseball guy. Let's go. Welcome in. It is Unleashed with me, John Lund. Bear is Sports Talk, Monday, December 19th, 2022. A ton to get to. Uh, if you are new to the show, remember, the YouTube channel, all you have to do is search Unleashed, Bear is Sports Talk, and you'll see the channel, so make sure you subscribe. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, thank you very much. You can also subscribe on the podcast, wherever you get your favorite podcast, Apple, Spotify, and the such. We're going to do chats every Wednesday at 6 o'clock Pacific and as needed for breaking news as we did last week when Carlos Correa signed with the Giants. Mailbag at John Lund Radio. You can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, all those places, or just leave comments right underneath the videos on the YouTube channel. My day job, KNBR Radio in San Francisco with the voice of the 49ers, Greg Papa, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So make sure you listen or stream us at KNBR knbr.com if you're new to the uh, youtube or the podcast thank you very much for making the time please hit the subscribe button we appreciate it very very much so what we do every single day we kind of mix the podcast up a little bit if there is a specific big story like carlos correa or the 49ers which i did on friday in a preview of the seahawks or thursday i guess preview of the seahawks or a review of a 49ers game or any big news in the bay area or really in sports uh, we, we will stick to that, but today we kind of have a cornucopia, as I told you, a cornucopia of sports that I'd like to talk to you about. So let's get into all those things and uh, make sure that, again, that you subscribe, hit us up. I love interaction on the show, so let's make, make sure we interact as well, at John Lund Radio. Let's start it off. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not against soccer. I'm not a huge soccer guy, but I, we need to talk about the World Cup because I actually got up and watched this thing. So of the cornucopia of things, let's start off with today's big story, the World Cup. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Montiel! Montiel! I love it. Uh, look, I, I played soccer growing up. I think I'm like a lot of Americans. We have other sports. We've talked about it a million times. I'm not here to bash soccer. Um, I know the guy, actually, that, that does all the uh, the national calls and is an amazing uh, broadcaster. John Strong I used to work with him years ago in Portland. And look, I, I'm not anti-soccer. I'll say it again and again and again. I'll go to earthquakes games. I've, uh, everywhere I've lived, I've gone to soccer games. My son played soccer into high school. I'm not anti-soccer American guy. I'm not here to say whether one sport is better than another. And I don't care if you like my sports or or you dislike them or your favorites, this or that. I don't know why there's always this this fight, this battle. You really should watch this or you just don't understand. You're not smart enough for my sport. Whatever. Everybody like what you like. It's kind of like food. It's kind of like movies. It's kind of like, look, you like what you like. If you like soccer and that's your favorite sport, cool. You know, a lot of people love it. A lot of people get into it. It's it's not our American pastime. There's a bunch of other sports. We've had the 
the conversation. Now, last night, just in full disclosure, so last night we go out with some friends and we have dinner, and I think I probably had one or five too many tequila shots, and I said that I would get up and watch this, uh, the World Cup final with some friends who then texted me and went, bro, where are you at? And I didn't make it. But I did, <laughs> after the half, I watched, got up, uh, bleary-eyed, and, and it very much enjoyed all of it, Argentina versus France. You could hear, that was the uh, Argentinian broadcaster, obviously, and they get into it. It's only every four years. Imagine if you had the Super Bowl every four years, but it was truly a Super Bowl. It was everybody coming around. So I understand completely the the gravity of it, the pull of it, uh, the importance of it. Uh, these other countries really only have soccer. Is that I mean, it's just soccer or nothing. It's kind of like if we had the NFL or nothing, which is our which is kind of our national sport because it's overtaken baseball. But we only have the Super Bowl every four years. And it was a true worldwide event. Imagine what it would be. So I, I enjoyed every minute of it. The one thing that gets me, and hit me up, at John Lund Radio, and hit me up in the comments section underneath uh, here, underneath the video, and I'll, I'll read the best ones, because maybe you know this a lot better than I do. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I don't think I am, but maybe I'm wrong. I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong, by the way, if you're new. But is it the right thing to do to have a shootout at the end? Because to me, again, I, I'm not saying I know everything about soccer. What I am saying is, am I right in saying that wouldn't you want to have a sudden death because the point of soccer is offense, defense, just everything, strategy, all the different things that go into soccer, a lot of those things go out the window when you have a shootout. Basically, it's a goaltender, as far as I see it, guessing one way or the other. So it's a generally a coin flip. He's, he's, he's going to go one way or the other. He's going to try to read your language a little bit as I'm trying to move here on YouTube. But he's going to read your body language a little bit, and you're going to maybe try to take his timing off or whatever the case may be. But generally speaking, he looks foolish diving one way. You kick it the other way. You score. Most of the time, the the kicks are good. Now, obviously, Argentina uh, Argentina did better than France. They beat him. They They win the shootout. It was exciting. I'm not saying a shootout isn't exciting, but wouldn't it be more, especially when you're talking about a World Cup, wouldn't it be better if you actually played the game and it was sudden death and that goal goes in and everybody goes crazy? I mean, I think it would be more exciting than basically your best goal scorers going against a goaltender who's essentially guessing to see which way you're going to kick the ball. Give him credit. I know that a lot of people disagree with me. but And again, this is a novice speaking as far as soccer. I've watched soccer. I've played soccer. I play, but I'm not, I'm not versed in soccer every single every single day I don't watch a ton of soccer and again it's it's nothing against soccer I'm just simply saying that man you got the world cup it's coming every four years and it's a shootout I don't know just give me a thought <laughs> that's that that was my takeaway as I was watching this thing as a novice I loved it I, I watched a lot of it we were into it at KMBR everybody had it on all the screens all the time I am not anti-soccer I just thought a shootout when you do this every four years, and it's important as it is, it is the number one worldwide sporting event, and yet you have a shootout to decide who the champion is. I just thought it was a little weird. Give me your thoughts on that. All right, let's move it on. The cornucopia. I got a bunch of grief on Saturday because of this. Snap spot. Joseph, right-footed kick. All 
right, that is my good friend, our good friend, Paul Allen. He is the radio voice of the Minnesota Vikings, and I'm biased. My guy, Greg Papu, I do the show with on KNBR weekdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. I think he's the best in the business, uh, and I think Paul Allen's damn good, too. And uh, he made it. That's a great call at the end. Great Joseph kicks the field goal. So here's the tweet I put out early during that game, and I don't think it was an unreasonable tweet. And I did, as you can see there, give myself an out. I said, it's still early, though. But a tweet that the Indianapolis Colts were up 33 to nothing, and I essentially said, number two seed, here we come. If you're not if you're not watching on the YouTube channel, if you're just listening on the podcast, thanks for doing that. I appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe. But uh, so I put that up there. And then, of course, what happens? The biggest, as you heard Paul Allen say there, the biggest comeback in NFL History, the biggest comeback in NFL history. So then, even though I gave myself an out, not everybody reads everything that you tweet out, then I got a bunch of stuff about freezing cold takes and about how I jinxed them and people were using bad language, which I can handle. I've been doing this 25 years. There's nothing you can say I haven't heard or seen, and I have rhinoceros skin, so don't worry about it. I'm fine. Uh, The biggest collapse, I wouldn't call it the biggest comeback. I would call it the biggest collapse in the history of the NFL, and if Jeff Saturday had any hopes of being the coach of the Colts long-term, those were dashed, but you don't care about that. What you care about is the number two seed. So let's go over the playoffs real quickly, and let me flash this up on the screen if you're watching on the YouTube channel. Here are the standings in the NFC after the completed Sunday night game between the Commanders and the Giants, and it still takes me a minute, Commanders. Commanders and the Giants, and yes, that was a pass interference call against the uh, Giants that wasn't called at the end, but the referees put their whistles away at the end for some reason. Any call, no matter what the sport, it should be from the beginning to the end, but whatever, that's a whole different story. So as you can see by the standings there, Minnesota has the Giants at the Packers at the Bears. I think they're going to lose one. Uh, they When they win football games, as you saw there, they have 11 victories. 10 of their 11 are one-possession victories. They've lost three times. They've gotten blown out, double-digit losses in all three, and they should have gotten blown out in a double-digit factor in at home against Indianapolis on Saturday. But no, it was not my fault. I don't have that kind of power. I do not have the power to jinx a game, even though your language at John Lund Radio, uh, if you look at my mentions, uh, your, uh, your language would suggest otherwise. Thank you for thinking that, but I do not have that kind of power. So the 49ers, as you can see, have Washington at the Raiders, Cardinals. I think they should go 13-4. and four. We saw Washington on Sunday night. Uh, Tyler Heineke's a gamer. They have a pretty good defense. But unless the 49ers beat themselves, and I think this about their final three games, Washington, the Raiders, Cardinals, they should go 13-4. and four. Will Minnesota, and they have the tiebreakers. You can see, let me flash it back up there. You can see that they've got the tiebreaker over the – Vikings division conference, however you want to look at it, they've got the best record. So the 49ers at this point for the playoffs can do no better than second. They're not going to catch the Eagles. And they can do do no worse than third. Uh, The Buccaneers, after their loss, they gave up 34 consecutive points (laughs) to the Cincinnati Bengals. They're 6-8, and so they cannot catch the 49ers. So the 49ers have won the division. They won the West. You know that. And they can either catch the Vikings for the two seed or be in the three seed. The only difference being, you're gonna if if Philadelphia makes it all the way to the NFC Championship game, you're gonna have to go to Philadelphia if you're the 49ers. If you encounter the Vikings, you would have to go to Minnesota. I think they could win there. I don't know about Philly. Uh, I've shortchanged Philly the entire 
season, and I watch them every week, and I think, okay, they're pretty good. They could have easily gotten beaten by the Bears on Sunday. They did not. The Bears just didn't make, make enough plays. Justin Fields can run the ball, and for some reason people are criticizing Kyle Shanahan's choice of Trey Lance, whom we haven't seen enough to really have an opinion on, although Brock Purdy's playing pretty damn well, and this is a conversation for another day. I don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback in 2023. Hell, it might be Brady. We've had that conversation, but we'll shelve that for just a minute. But in terms of going to Minnesota, yeah, you'd rather be home. So you want that number two seed so you can, if you if you run into Minnesota, that's a home game. And if Philly somehow gets knocked off in the playoffs, then you're the number one seed. So that's that's best case scenario. You play all the games at Levi Stadium if somehow Philly gets knocked out. If you stay behind the Vikings, obviously you've got to go to Minnesota, which I think they can still win there, but you'd rather just not do that. So anyway, the way things are going right now, as you can see there in the graphic, the Vikings have won their division. Philly still because Dallas, who lost on Sunday, by the way, on a pick six ball up in the air in overtime to Jacksonville, who was all of a sudden in the AFC race, but I'm not really looking at the AFC race right now. So they could tie Philly conceivably. One more win by Philly or lost by Dallas. That division's over. West is over. North is over. And we're waiting on the Bucks, who continue to lose, and that whole division now is up for grabs. New Orleans could still win it. Carolina could win it. As bad as those teams have been this year, the Buccaneers are just worse, and we saw that in person ourselves. So there you go. That is the NFL playoff picture as of Monday morning. I'm going to give you the Warriors story in just a minute. Yeah, it has to do with Jordan Poole, but it has to do with rumors that are starting to come out. Would the, would the Warriors actually do this? I'll tell you in a second. All right, for our friends on the YouTube channel, we just had to play a quick spot for the, for the uh, podcast, so we wanted to make sure that we told people about that. Let's get it to a uh, little bit of Jordan Poole. They get a victory, and they don't get very many victories uh, on the road this year, but here is Jordan Poole speaking about scoring a career-high 43 in Toronto on Sunday. All right, yeah, it feels good. Um, we were talking about that a little bit on the bench, a couple of the older guys. Um, had, a, like, a lot of 39 games with, like, eight assists or seven assists. Um, so it was cool today to kind of get over the 40, and um, a lot of older guys kind of was – they were kind of, like, giving me some – some crap about it, but um, more importantly, it's just really good to get a, a road win. Um, we haven't been particularly the best on the road. Uh, that's Jordan Poole, scored 43. The Warriors get a victory, 14-23, 5 of 11, 6 assists, 43 points, career high, and they get that win. Draymond Green, 17-9 and 5, he had three threes. Uh, Kavon Looney had 11 and 11, and Clay 6 of 14, 17 points. 3 of 14 on the road for the Warriors. Again, I've said this on my KNBR show many times. I will be the violin player going down at the end unless this Steph Curry injury is going to uh, take a little bit longer than we had thought. They got the Knicks on Tuesday, the Nets on Wednesday, so that's another one of those games where Clay probably sits one of the two or does sit one of the two. And then they have the Grizzlies on Christmas who are playing very, very well. But my point in wanting to bring up the the Warriors is, that's great. It, it, that's great that Jordan Poole did what he did and scored the 43. Hopefully that spurs him to play better. He's been inconsistent through the first couple of months of the season, and the and the Warriors really need the guy that they saw last year to complement uh, Clay and Steph and, and kind of be that guiding force. But there continues to be more and more rumors, and you look at the uh, minutes played. Kaminga played just over five minutes in this ball game against the uh, Raptors. And James Wiseman played 221, and it was just mop-up time at the end because they were up 
by 16. So let me just focus on those two just for a second. You may disagree with this thought at John Lund Radio or hit me up in the comment section in YouTube in, on the uh, YouTube channel. They knew what they were getting when they drafted these guys. So when when there's frustration with a player, and I understand it because you love the organization because they've won all these championships. So when you look at this thing, and, and it's going to rear its head at some point, but what's starting to happen is with the Warriors struggling, they're still a sub-500 team at this point, and, and struggling the way that they are. There's going to be a decision that's going to have to be made, and the rumors are starting to come out. I'll flash it on my screen if you're on the YouTube channel now. Uh, Steve Bulpit is a guy that's covered the NBA for a long time, so I don't think he's making up things. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know. But if you look, again, on the YouTube channel, what he's saying is it's speculation by a general manager, and I guess that's what we're passing off as credible these days. He, he, this, gen, this unnamed general manager or front office exec is speculating that the Warriors – would want to move somebody. Now, if you're saying that there are rumors or there have been calls or there have been like something a little bit more substantial is my hunch is, and maybe this person is saying, hey, they've heard this. And it would make sense because if you're not going to play James Wiseman more than two minutes against the Raptors, even though he's with your team, and I understand you're short, you don't have Steph Curry, but then you've got to make some kind of a commitment because when you drafted him, when you drafted him, there were other players on the board who had more experience, and you drafted him knowing, okay, this is where Steph Curry is and Draymond Green is, and this you know, we got an older team, but we think we can incorporate a guy who played three college games. So I'm not saying it's not James Wiseman's fault, but what did you think you were getting? And it's hard to criticize the Warriors because they've made so many right decisions. So you're either listening or watching and saying, whoa, 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 they won the championship last year. They've won numerous championships. They've made a hell of a lot of right decisions. They have. But you see this, or you hear this on my podcast, or see this on my podcast all the time, which is, it doesn't mean someone is beyond reproach. Because someone is great, Steph Curry is great, doesn't mean he doesn't take bad shots sometimes and do stupid things. He's admitted it. Doesn't mean that you know, a coach, does, you know, Steve Kerr's won multiple championships. He makes mistakes. Bill Belichick makes mistakes. Bruce Bochy, three-time World Series winner of the Giants. You'll love him. Made mistakes. It doesn't mean every single day that they are 100% correct in what they do. And right now, the way that the, the Warriors are developing or lack of developing Jonathan Kaminga and James Wiseman, they, they don't believe that they can do two things at once. They don't believe, I don't think, because it's just based on not what they say, but on what they do, that they, they don't believe that they can play these kids minutes and still win at a high level. So James Wiseman, to me, because I, the last few times I've seen him play, he's played pretty well. And you, what you did is, same thing, you, Jordan's pool, Jordan Poole's name came up constantly when, it was with, when James Wiseman went back down to Santa Cruz. And the reason it was is let's build his confidence and let's bring him back here and then he'll have earned minutes and he'll play more. And that's what happened with, with Jordan Poole. He came back, there was a spot open for him, he took the confidence he had at Santa Cruz and he brought it onto the court and the rest is history. He gets a big contract, ready to go. Take the punch out, but ready to go. Scores 43 last night in Toronto. Great. James Wiseman gains confidence, plays pretty well. You've got to play him. You can't play him two minutes and 21 seconds in garbage time. All the confidence that he would have gained in Santa Cruz is now gone. So if you're not going to develop him and you, and you admit you don't want to compound the problem, and if he doesn't fit in the timeline of, hey, we have Steph Curry and Draymond Green and we still think we can win championships – then, okay, I guess you got to move James Wiseman, but, but down the line, you're probably going to regret it. Now, Kaminga's a totally different story to me. In the same piece, it says Kaminga or Wiseman. You're not moving Kaminga. 
Uh, I have no idea, to be honest, why Kaminga doesn't play more minutes. He can play any of the forward spots. He can defend. He is starting to embrace the role, and that's a part of the problem with James Wiseman is that I thought it would be easy, right? Yeah, you're in the dunker position. You block some shots or rebound. James Weissman's never done that. He's always been the dominant player on his team, and so he's resistant. It looks to me like he's resistant to basically doing the dirty work job, the Andrew Bogut job. That's just not what he is. And so he's been resistant to it. It's I thought it would be an easy role, right? You don't have to carry the team. Like, Trey Lance and James Wiseman have kind of been compared, both going into the third year, you know, both not getting a lot of time, both didn't play a bunch in college. But in Trey Lance's case, he had to be the quarterback and carry the team. Now he's coming back from another injury, and next year it's like you're the quarterback. So you can't just kind of ease into things. James Wiseman can ease into things. Be in the dunker position, block shots, defend, rebound. You don't have to score. If you score, cool, but if you don't, no problem. You don't have to win games. You don't have to be Steph Curry. You don't have to play 40 minutes. You play 20 minutes in a row. I thought it'd be easy. It doesn't seem like it is. Jonathan Kaminga, on the other hand, most times when you see him on the court right now, he's a contributing factor. He can defend. He's, he, he's understanding his role more and more. He came in thinking, I'm going to be the guy. You know, things are moving a little fast for him. You can see things slow down. He's saying it, but you can see things slow down. And then he plays five minutes and 24 seconds in Toronto. I get it. You're at a desperate part right now where you're looking at this team going, wait a minute, Steph Curry's gone? we got to start winning some games. We've got to stop screwing around. That was a good win in Toronto. Toronto doesn't have a good record, but they have a good home record. So that was a, that was a nice win in Toronto. So maybe there's a desperate part of the words that says, okay, we cannot, especially the, that we're a sub-500 team as we're approaching almost a halfway, about 10 games to the halfway point. Really tough schedule coming up. Got these road games plus Memphis. We're going into the new year, and that's really when everybody starts to kind of start paying attention really as fans. Oh, it's Christmas. All right, you got that big Christmas Day slate. Let's start paying attention. Then there's another benchmark around the All-Star break. Well, the Warriors are going, look, we're 15 and 16. We can start kicking it up. So does that mean they can't develop these guys at all? That they have no role whatsoever? I get it to an extent with the Wiseman. I do. Although I don't think Jermichael Green is all that great as your backup five, but he's a different style. You don't want to go big. I get it. And when, just to go back for a minute to remind people, that when James Wiseman was drafted, it was right after the Lakers bubble championship, and everybody said, hey, you know what? The Lakers have size, and they're going to be a problem, and Anthony Davis is going to be a problem. And they looked at the West and said, yeah, there's a lot of bigs. that we, we got to get some size. Even though the whole NBA was going away from that for a minute, just for about a minute, right around that draft, everyone went, you know what? you got to get some size. If not, then they probably would have went in a different direction. You know, obviously, LaMelo Ball is there, Tyrese Halliburton, who's turned into a great player. I think he's a 20 and 10 guy, points and assists with, with Indiana. He, it, there was a lot of people talking about how the Warriors liked his game coming out. He had played two years at Iowa State. So you probably made a mistake in your timeline thinking that Wiseman, who's a big man anyway, who and they take time, who had played three games in college, that he was going to match up with your timeline of having veteran players and helping you win a championship. But their thought process was, we will take him along slowly, but he can do the, you know, the easy stuff – he can set screens, he can block shots, he can rebound, he doesn't have to carry the team, but those are apparently harder than we all thought. It seemed like a simple thing. Just do these simple things, and then we'll expand your role as we get going. That hasn't worked, and it hasn't worked with Kaminga. So if they have to trade Wiseman, and I keep hearing guys like Jay Crowder, his name, now you're not, you're not directly sending him to Phoenix because you've already got DeAndre Ayton. 
And Phoenix, I don't think, would trade with you even in a three-way or however it was unless they got a nice piece back because they're just they're just going to tell Jay Crowder, sorry, man, like you're either playing for us or nobody. And at some point, Jay Crowder, Crowder probably plays with the Suns. I mean, Jimmy came back to the Niners. We've seen it many, many times where it's like, look, and the Suns are a good basketball team. So I, I don't know the problem there. But just for the sake of conversation, if it's a Jay Crowder type of player and you're giving up James Wiseman, I'm not in favor of that. I think you have to see that one out. Now, if it's somebody like Miles Turner from Indiana who can give you the things that, that you desire, yeah, I'd take Miles Turner in a second. I don't think Indiana would, but we'll see. I mean, I've mentioned that name for a couple of years now when it came to James Wiseman, and everybody doesn't want nobody wants to give up on the, the upside of James Wiseman. But if you're on a timeline and you want a big, maybe that's the guy. Or maybe you don't want to go big at all. Maybe you just want to say, you know what, we don't need any size. Even though, you know, Jokic is out there, the Lakers, you know, they're not going to do anything. If you get over to the East, Philly, you know, I mean, there is some size there, but you'd probably, you're probably going to play Boston over there. And then you're going to need wings to defend. So what kind of player are you looking for? Anyway, that's all down the line. Point is, they're not playing Wiseman. They're not playing Kaminga. Any confidence that Wiseman had is probably out the door. And Kaminga, I don't get it all. Because I think that, I think that Kaminga is a guy that has absolutely positively earned time with the Warriors. So anyway, good win in Toronto. Not bitching and moaning about that. Good to see Jordan Poole score the 43 points. Good to see, and this is what Draymond does sometimes when he feels like he needs to step up his game, which is why there's some frustration. Sometimes he scored 17, had the three three-pointers. He can do that. I'm not, I'm not saying you want him to do that. I'm saying he can do that. When forced, when he looks around and says, I got to give these guys a little bit more tonight. He did that. do that. So we'll see on the rest of the road trip. 3-14 and 14 on the road for the Warriors. And finally, we're going to do one for the road next. For the podcast, let me pause for this. And then one for the road, the greedy guy. All right, Corey Yeomans caught the ball in Texas, the Aaron Judge home run ball in Texas, 62, broke Roger, Mer- uh, Roger Maris's American League record, October 4th in Texas. Now, I've said this consistently throughout the whole process. Papa disagrees with me on our KMBR show, which you can hear weekdays 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on KMBR 680, KMBR.com. He said that this guy, Corey Yeomans, who's, who is apparently well off. I'm not saying he's a wealthy, wealthy guy, but he, I guess he is in finance in some way, this guy that caught the big lottery ticket out in left field in Texas. So this happened on October 4th, as I said. And I said this on my, on my KMBR show. He, Greg wanted to give it back. Probably could have got a bunch of signed stuff and all those kind of things. He didn't do that. I wouldn't have given it back either. It's a big lottery ticket. I caught it. I'm getting whatever it's worth. So apparently, he was offered one time $2 million, and he was offered one time $3 million. So he puts this thing on auction, says no to both. And on Sunday, the auction ended, and it's, you know, it's not awful, well, Corey Yeomans is going to get $1.5 million. That's what the auction ended at. And I'm really surprised he even got that. So he gave he loses about a million and a half dollars on this bet. And my thought always was, and I'm not laughing at the guy. Sorry, dude. But what I was saying was is that when this ball got hit out of the ballpark, that night or in those coming days when there was still all this frenzy and all these Yankees fans and they're all happy and they're excited and everything's going great and he's the toast of New York, then that ball was at its highest point, and you had to sell the ball at that point. And now all these months later, what do we, well, two and a half months, whatever it is, everything's calmed down. The Yankees didn't win the World Series. Aaron Judge had poor playoffs. 
Uh, Yankees fans are happy to have him back, but he flirted with the Giants and maybe the Padres. Everything kind of cooled down a little bit, and then the ball went to auction. And I thought to myself, this ball's not going to go for $3 million. At that, when it was at its height and its frenzy, we have such a fast news cycle now. Boom, 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 boom. It's rolling. And so Aaron Judge hitting 62 home runs, even though that was on October 4th. That feels like October 4th, 2020. It's just the news cycle moves fast, and when you have an opportunity to cash in, you do it. So give me your thoughts. At John Lund Radio, would you give him the ball back? I wouldn't have. Uh, Greg says it's the right thing to do. Get it in the Hall of Fame. Give it to Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge was joking that he couldn't afford it because he hadn't signed his new contract. Well, he can now. But anyway, the guy lost a million and a half bucks. I don't feel I, I don't feel bad for him. I'm not making fun of him or anything like that. I just think that when you do those kind of things, when you get that greedy and all that kind of stuff, then, you know, that stuff's going to happen to you, so you got to be really careful. So that is one for the road. Corey Yeomans caught the ball in Texas on October 4th, and uh, that was uh, that's what he got, a million and a half bucks. Look, I take it. I'm just saying, dude, that was your lottery ticket, and you lost a million and a half dollars. And that's one for the week. And that is Unleashed for Monday, December 19th, 2022. Remember, YouTube, make sure that you are subscribing anywhere you get your favorite podcasts as well. Chats every Wednesday at 6 o'clock and as needed when we have uh, breaking news. And I'll let you know on the YouTube channel and on Twitter at John Lund Radio. Hit me up on the mailbag either through comments or at John Lund Radio on Twitter. It's Unleashed, various sports talk with me, John Lund. And, of course, you can hear me on CanBR Weekdays. Monday through Friday with the voice of the 49ers, Greg Papa, and pre half and post of the 49ers on the weekend. It is Unleashed, Barry Sports Talk for Monday, December 19th, 2022, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. <laughs>